Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. And welcome back to the show. Remember, if you are just now tuning into our show, hit that subscribe button. We're now coming to you twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. And you sure don't want to miss an episode if you are looking to live a toxin-free lifestyle. Now, my guest today, first of all, I think we all need to give him a round of applause. And I wish I had sound effects that we could put this in here. He is a retired police sergeant. So I want to say thank you for your service to the public. Not only was he police sergeant and actively served, but he was injured in the line of duty. So kudos, my hats are off to you, Mr. Hurst. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. He is the producer and host of One More Thing Before You Go podcast. I had the great honor and privilege of sharing my story on that podcast. So make sure you go check it out. That's One More Thing Before You Go. Great stories on losing loved ones that are very close to us at various times in our life. He is the father of two beautiful girls. He is a husband and a brother. But more specifically, we're going to talk about two things today. He has been battling rheumatoid arthritis for a big portion of his life. And he's going to be sharing with us how he came back from that injury and exactly what happened with that. I'm going to let him dive into a story and we're going to get into that. But Michael Hurst, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. We're glad to have you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. You bet. So I know we've talked many times and what I love about you is you're like, I was doing all this before it ever was a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I, uh, I've been a vegan before it was a fad. I've been gluten-free before it was a fad, uh, dairy-free before it was fad. What made you do that? What made you decide, hey, I want to only eat plants and I want to do this? Did you have something going on within your life that made you make those changes? Well, I was always pretty healthy and, you know, well, for most of my life, I've always been very healthy, especially as a police officer. I was actively working out, actively conscious of my nutrition and of my exercise routine and so forth. When I got injured, I actually was um, hit by another suspect that pinned me between his car and my patrol car. Yeah. And it caused injuries enough to where I eventually ended up retiring based upon that. I was diagnosed by five different doctors to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Wow. So I ended up um, developing rheumatoid arthritis and it was a very aggressive rheumatoid arthritis. What the doctor told me was that because of my injuries, once you get injuries, especially in joints, if you've got, everybody's got rheumatoid factor in their system. It's whether or not it will activate any time in your life. Right. Unfortunately, mine activated due to the injuries that I had. Okay. I've been hit by a car actually twice while I was on duty. Once was just a minor little thing, standing in front of a bank robbery and a lady actually hit me, <laughs> paying attention to what was going on around her instead of what was in front of her. So... <laughs> So there are dangers all around that job, for sure. For sure. 
So yeah, the they sent me to a rheumatoid arthritis specialist in the beginning. Well, and uh, let's go back just a second. I don't mean to interrupt the story, but that's right. the, so the rheumatoid arthritis happened as a result of that second injury where you were pinned between the cars, or do you think were you having symptoms of the rheumatoid arthritis before that? No, it happened actually after the final accident, the, the final injury. Correct. Okay. Okay. And it actually started developing very rapidly and very quickly, which was kind of bizarre. It was a very aggressive form of rheumatoid arthritis. So it hit me in my knees and my shoulders and basically my hands, my wrist. I was unable to really function. So do you want to describe to our audience what that injury was? That I mean, you've said that you were diagnosed by five different doctors to be confined to a wheelchair, but what exactly happened? Basically, I had injuries to my knee and injuries to my hips and uh, injuries to my shoulders and so forth. And because of those injuries, I started recovering from them pretty decently within six months, seven months after the accident. But the rheumatoid arthritis has started taking an effect. So about a year later, it had advanced to such a point that I basically couldn't operate as a police officer anymore. What were you experiencing with that advancement of the arthritis? Was it pain or inability to move? A combination of all that. It was pain Mm -hmm. in the joints. It was severe pain. It's unlike any other pain that you would think because it's like a searing pain from the inside out. Mm. Sounds too descriptive or very descriptive, but basically the rheumatoid arthritis kind of eats the joint away and eats the ligaments away. So in the process of that, you feel it. Right. And there's inflammation and the inflammation will continue to cause damage because the inflammation is filled with rheumatoid. Um, this may sound, I'm not a doctor, so I really can't tell you the technical term of it. But basically, once the fluid encircles the joint, it's full of rheumatoid factor. And the disease then accelerates at such a pace that you start losing the mobility and the function of that joint. So you're unable to, that's why you see people with rheumatoid arthritis with curled hands okay. and their fingers are all kind of curled. They call it clawing okay, because it kind of looks like a claw, your hand and your wrist, and it'll affect your shoulder, your elbows, your hips, every joint in your body, rheumatoid has potential of attacking. And once it's done with the joints, it actually can proceed onto internal organs. Mm. So this is in like the fluid, it's in a fluid that's going to go around the joints and then into that. And like you said earlier, this is something that kind of like cancer. So a lot of people say that cancer is within all people. It's just whether it's activated by some stressor or not in your body. Rheumatoid arthritis is the same? In some cases, not in all cases. Some cases it's genetic. Okay. In fact, the majority of cases it is genetic. But there is some scientific evidence that, including the doctor that I had gone to here in Arizona, that were able to substantiate that there are outside factors that also affect the implementation of the rheumatoid factor in your body. And once it's activated, basically, it has a mind of its own. What did they tell you were some of the outside factors that contribute to it? Well, it's very unique. Dr. Fry, Stephen Fry, is the individual that I had seen here much better doctor than I had back in Colorado. I won't mention his name, (laughs) but 
<laughs> Dr. Fry was very progressive, and um, he was working specifically with diseases such as mine. Okay. And in doing so, he was able to determine that you can have an injury that, for example, mine, mm -hmm. where you have an injury, the blood that you have in your system rushes to that injury to repair it. Okay. So if you have a damaged knee, you have a broken leg, you have a, you know, you break your ankle, break a finger, your blood naturally rushes to that area in order to kind of repair it. Right. Once it does that, the rheumatoid factor that is in your system latches onto that. Okay. And then it kind of grows from there. That's one aspect. So injury. For injury. Mm -hmm. And then ironically enough, and you may find this kind of crazy, but I was one of 17 people in a study group of his that actually had been to the same area in Mexico that were bitten or stung by a mosquito. So I'm not sure what you call that, bitten so the mosquito probably carried a virus and you got the virus from the mosquito Correct. that, that stayed within the body. Correct. It's similar to like malaria. Right. Mosquitoes carry malaria and they pass it on to other people and that's how you get it. Mm -hmm. Well, he was able to determine that this is kind of the same situation. So I was in a study group with him for mm -hmm. about two years. And during that time period, there were, I'm pretty sure it was 17 17 other individuals that had been to the same areas in Mexico that my wife and I had gone to. So that was in 1994. So at the time, obviously I wasn't injured, so I didn't know it was there. He did do a DNA deep dive and found out that genetically I was not prone to rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. And there's nobody in my family that's got rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. So whereas it would come from a hereditary factor, in my particular case, it was not. Okay. We'll call me unique. <laughs> Me and those 17 other guys. <laughs> that, that's very unique. And I'm always in awe of how they're able to see this stuff in our body long after the event actually occurs. Well, and, and that's kind of how he explained it. I could have been bitten mm -hmm. by a mosquito and it lay dormant. Mm -hmm. And it lay dormant until the injury took place. Then when the injury took place, it said, here we are. Let's have a party. Yeah, it's stress factor, you know, not meaning, but some sort of stress on the body makes it activate or however you want to say that. Okay. So what about, because you said far before this injury ever happened, you were eating a real clean diet in terms of whole foods, plant-based. Had you been removing like your environmental toxins as well? Well, prior to the injury, I was was not primarily vegan. Okay. I was mostly vegetarian. I ate chicken. Okay. And I ate turkey and things like that. I did not really eat beef that much. I eliminated that later. Okay. In fact, I eliminated all meat product later and other than fish. Okay. But I am very, my wife will tell you, it kind of frustrates you a little bit because she can't buy air freshener. She can't, she can't, Go, you know, I mean, there's certain. That's a good thing, Michael. Promise. It's a good thing. Oh, I, yes, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> So even back when we first, like, I write this back to my wife because she came from an environment where her mother, you know, she put the Febreze things in the wall and, oh. you know, everything was sprayed around and things like that. Well, she, we had to cut that out. Right. When she met me, basically, because even then I was very sensitive to those kind of things. So from that perspective, I did lead a clean life. Okay. I used to go to acupuncture on a regular basis prior to my accident. Okay. So I practiced kind of an Eastern philosophy in medicine, mm -hmm. more so than a Western philosophy of medicine, 30, 
five years ago, 40 years ago. I'm kind of getting old. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to date you. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was a child. I was a child. You were just a baby. <laughs> I love it. So you were really, you know, really in tune to being aware of your body and the needs of the body and giving the body what it needs to be healthy. It was really, truly this injury that really set a cycle of events happening in your life then, correct? That is correct. I used to practice Tai Chi and I used to practice a little bit of Kung Fu and Aikido. And so I was very, that's where my, the Eastern medicine philosophy actually derived from and going to acupuncture and things like that and eating the way I was eating. Did you get into herbs too? And I did. Yep. Yep. The doctor I had gone to, this is again, prior to my injury, when I was practicing and learning Aikido and I was learning practicing Tai Chi. And I just started learning a little bit of Kung Fu, but I had to kind of get out of that early because it was just lifestyle and work and everything kind of backed it off. But I had met Dr. Fong, actually. And Dr. Fong is a Chinese Mm -hmm. acupuncturist and herbalist. And I used to go to him for the acupuncture treatments and for the herbs to help my, we won't call bruises and sores, but you know, when you're practicing and you're working out with something like martial arts, Sometimes you need a little boost. <laughs> well, I can't take Vicodin. I can't take Percocet. And I don't believe in uh, healing that way anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was introduced to herbs into Eastern medicine at a very, I was probably 25 years old. Nice. Some other bounce. Nice. So do you think, because I want to get into post-recovery now, if that's okay with you, do you feel like that, lifestyle, having that basic foundation already really helped you in the coming years in what you were facing to recover? I do believe that. When I first had gone to see a rheumatologist right after I was diagnosed with it and before I was retiring, that particular doctor put me on a series of medications that I had a severe allergic reaction to. One of them was Remicade and one of them was Enbrel. Both of those this is over, you know, a, over a year's time period till we had to figure out what they were causing and the reaction I was having. Sure. But one of them, I don't remember which one, actually, I had to have another medication to flush it out of my system because it was so detrimental. <laughs> so he was kind of stuck at, you know, between a rock and a hard place to understand what exactly to do to kind of prevent the progression of my disease. Right. At that time, he recommended me to the Humera program. So I was accepted and it was before the FDA approved it and they put me on Humira. I started having a positive improvement with Humira. Okay. But at the same time, I don't know if any of your listeners have any experience with it. They're using it for all kinds of things now. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. Unfortunately, I say unfortunately, because I helped them get it approved by the FDA and I'm really totally against it at, you know, at this point in my life. I'm not trying to say anything that'll get you or I sued. That's just my personal opinion. I have a personal opinion about medications as well. <laughs> okay. So that's, yeah, that's my personal opinion for on the record. And this is how I feel about it. But Humira, when you get injected with it, it burns. And it. I got sick like I had chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. For a few days afterwards, I got swelling and rashes around the injection point. Mm-hmm. It made me more susceptible to other illness. It, I mean, during the time after I got it, I was throwing up. I had stomach cramps. I had fevers, sweating. And they all said, well, this is normal. Uh, 
So after a while of doing that, I said, this isn't normal. So I embarked on a journey to try to get off of that or to change that. So that's when I investigated and researched going completely vegan. Okay. Although Dr. Fong at the time said recommended to me that I need to be more of a pescatarian, I guess, which is where you eat fish, mm-hmm. certain fish, not all fish, but certain fish, right. cold water fish that will help with the rheumatoid arthritis and help keep it at bay. So Dr. Fong gave me some herbal remedies, Chinese herbs mm-hmm. that were very beneficial to me in kind of staving off the symptoms of the Humera. Right. Okay. Eventually, I still stayed on it, unfortunately, for I think probably nine years. Okay. Somewhere thereabouts. But I stayed as a vegan and I stayed with my herbs mm-hmm. and I stayed with the herbal process because it helped me through the side effects of the Humera. You know, and that's so common with, I hear, you know, everybody has their own personal journey. And I by no means am telling people you must choose this solution or that solution. But there's so many times I know, you know, Humera, we're kind of linking it to associated like chemotherapy and radiation when you receive that and the effects that it has on the body, you know that you can choose that route if that's the route you choose. And then let's look at some healthy ways we can support the body while you're going through that so that you're not causing excessive damage, you know, where it doesn't need to be. And that's where I got the experience from Dr. Fong. Yeah. Was from is that he gave me options for being able to control the symptoms and keep the rest of my body healthy. Absolutely. And the acupuncture also helped keep that in line. So when I moved down here from Colorado, because we moved here in 2005, I had to find a new doctor, a new acupuncturist, Mm -hmm. new Chinese doctor. I continued on my vegan diet in spite of the fact that every doctor that I had, Colorado and here, other than Dr. Fry, was against any kind of a diet-based treatment program, believe it or not. Isn't that crazy? I just... I find that experience unreal because we know, I just did a post about let food be thy medicine. That Hippocrates says that, you know, and yet they don't want to look at food. No, they don't hear. I mean, doctors almost said his name. The doctor back in Colorado, he insisted that there was no scientific evidence to provide proof that diet in any form would help with staving off or preventing the progression of rheumatoid arthritis. So he was totally against it. But he did say, if that's what you feel you want to do, you go ahead, right ahead and do it. <laughs> so I continued to do it. When I came down here, again, I found an acupuncturist here in the beginning that I wasn't very happy with because he, we didn't, you know how you go to a doctor sometimes and you just don't meld? <laughs> There's no <laughs> chemistry there. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's your body. So you have to have chemistry with the person that's poking and prodding your body. So I didn't have chemistry with this guy. So I had to find another one. And that's important for listeners. Take note of that. You do have a choice and being proactive and involved with the doctors that are caring for you if you know if that's your choice. And so thank you for sharing that experience with us. Absolutely. Especially if they're sticking needles in you. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know. Yeah. And you have a right to ask questions and clarify. Oh, exactly. So I found another one. And the doctor that I found here, Dr. Allen, 
He is a fantastic acupuncturist, and he combines Eastern and Western medicine uh, to a point. Nice. Part of my journey when I got here, not to backtrack a little bit, but once I got down here, they transferred my, I probably should clarify something real quick. I'm sorry. I was a spokesperson for Himera for a little while based upon the fact that I had responded to it so quickly. So when I was in Colorado, they actually promoted me, sent me to Washington. I had to speak to members of Congress. I went to Chicago. I went to San Francisco and spoke to five or 600 doctors, physicians, and medical reps Mm -hmm. in regard to the benefit of Humira. Because at that time, it was benefiting me, but I wasn't fully aware of all the negative aspects of it until later on, which I'm about to get to. When we moved down here, they transferred my clinic treatment to a place down here in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Tucson, mm-hmm. down in Tucson. So I looked for somebody up in Flagstaff, but I couldn't get up there. So they sent me down to Tucson and I continued the process of, I guess, being a kind of a test bunny for, for Abbott Laboratories and Humera mm. during that time period. And they had extended my time from five years on the project to 10 years on the project because of the fact that I went around and spoke for them. They made a video and all kinds of stuff. Isn't um, money talks? Well, they didn't pay me. Oh. I didn't get paid by them, but... You were creating money for them. I was creating money for them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they paid for me and my wife to go to Washington. They paid for me and my wife to go to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They had a limo pick us up. They gave us $500 to go out and have dinner and, you know, play and stuff like that. And I had to come back out on stage and tell my story to the people up on the, you know, the stands, Mm -hmm. up in the audience, how my journey with Humera was progressing so that they could go out and sell Humera to everybody else. Right. So... Once I got down here, again, they transferred it down here because I had a few more years left on that agreement. Mm -hmm. And while I was here, I was under the impression that I wasn't going to be messed with anymore. So after, I think, at the nine-year mark, Mm -hmm. I started having severe, severe reaction to the humor. I'm talking about so severe that over about a 20-week time period, I went from 165 pounds down to a hundred pounds. Mm. And they couldn't come up with an answer for me. They kept saying, well, it's because you're a vegan. Well, I was a vegan at 165 pounds. Well, yeah. So, you know, that's not a viable answer. And I, and I wasn't happy with that viable answer. So I was able to get some information to understand that basically I was still under contract as a guinea pig and they had given me expired medication for 17 weeks to see if the shelf life would be extended. So during that time period, We were still trying to figure out what was going on with me prior to that. And I had to go see every doctor that you can think of. They sent me to every specialist that is here, a gastroenterologist. They sent me to a thyroid doctor. They sent me to a nerve doctor. They sent me to a neurologist. Um, They finally settled on an hematologist-oncologist. Now, wait a minute. They did they were they the ones sending you to all these different doctors? No, they were not. Okay, you were going, but they knew all along during this process that they had given you expired medication and were not forthcoming with that. That's correct. They were blaming it on the fact that I had signed the contract and that that's what uh, they were allowed to do, and that my weight loss, the severe weight loss, it was due to me being a vegan. And again, my argument was 
I was 165 pounds. I was playing golf every weekend. It had nothing to do with me being a vegan. So when I finally reached Dr. Volk, is a fantastic hematologist in the valley. Mm -hmm. He's one of the top people here. He took me under his wing, basically, and he started testing and everything that he was... We probably ran through three different groups of testing mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure I didn't have any kind of cancer or blood disorder or something that would be more attributable to a drastic weight loss like that. Right. Because that's a drastic weight loss. Right. It turns out he came back out and said that you're on Himera, correct? And I said, yes, I am. He said, um, I think you have rheumatoid cachexia. And he recognized it because people who are on chemotherapy drugs, they get cachexia. That's why you see them, they lose their muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And you see somebody that's on chemo, they get really thin and kind of bony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a cachexia okay. is what it's called. It's a form of anorexia, but it's caused by an outside agent. Right. So in this particular case, it triggered rheumatoid cachexia and it was based upon the medication that was in my system. So he recommended I immediately get off of it. Mm -hmm. So I drove down to Tucson and I put a resignation letter in and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So they magically said, oh, well, we were stopping the program anyway. <laughs> Conveniently. Uh, my heart is just breaking right now. Well, you know, everybody's got a journey, as you can see, because you see me now. I'm definitely not 100 pounds. No. And I think I sent you a before and after picture. You did. So tell us, give us some hope here. I mean, I've seriously, this makes me so angry of what our medical community does to people. And we blindly accept it because they are the doctors and they know. And I just, I'm sad for what you had to go through. And my heart breaks because of that, that I'm more angry because they purposely did that. Oh, I was very, very angry. My wife, to this day, still insists we should have sued them. But unfortunately, the contract that I signed, it has a clause in there that you can't bring your lawsuits against them. You can't bring a lawsuit against a vaccinated, injured child. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, actually. It's extremely ridiculous. They protect themselves beyond protect them. Anyways, I digress. Please give us some hope because I know looking at the man who's sitting in front of the mic right now, you were able to do things to start repairing damage. Yeah, well, basically, number one, I found a great surgeon down here, so I need to implement that, but we'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Once I got off of it, going off of it, cold turkey is not really recommended. So if any of you out there are considering going off of a medication, I would consult your doctor first. Mm -hmm. I would also be aware that there are ramifications if you cut it out cold turkey. Mm -hmm. You can't just stop something that you've been on for quite some time. It will cause severe reaction and damage to you, which sometimes can be life-threatening. So if you choose this path, you need to take it gently, you need to take it slowly, and you need to have some patience. Right. So in my particular case, Obviously, I needed to get off mine very quickly mm -hmm. because if I had taken another shot, it would just contribute to the same thing that I was doing. So in my- You were dying. Well, exactly. They were about ready to put me in the hospital, actually. If I'd have gone under 100 pounds, that's where I was headed. So I, from that point on, Dr. Volk said, I will be with you as whatever this takes mm -hmm. in order to get this accomplished. So I went and found the acupuncturist, Dr. Ahn here in the valley. Mm -hmm. And I started going to acupuncture treatments to help stave off the side effects of stopping it immediately. I upped some herbs and some, I'm, and I'm on those to this day, actually. Okay. 
I take a series of anti-inflammatory herbs and vitamins and krill oils and things like this so that I was able to kind of gradually start eliminating the side effects of stopping the medication immediately. Right. And then from that point, the goal was to get the rest of me healthy because by then my joints had been such damaged that I needed to have several operations to get them taken care of. So I've had two knees replaced and a hip replaced and mm. I'm about ready to get my shoulder replaced. Mm. But the first time I had surgery, I was 107 pounds, mm. but I couldn't walk. Yeah. So it was a necessity to have it done. I will tell you by that time, because of getting off the Humera and staying on my herb diet, mm-hmm. I'll call it an herb diet, and turning vegan 100% mm-hmm. vegan, that I recovered actually five weeks ahead of schedule from my knee replacement. I did the same thing with my other knee and my hip. So I was walking the day of, and I walked every day after that. I See, this is the part of the story that I like. I we're taking us on a real emotional roller coaster here, but you know, that's the power of getting those toxins out of our lives and how much of an impact that can have and then giving good fuel, feeding it the good stuff. So walking the day of the surgery, that's amazing. The walking the day of the surgery. Obviously I needed a little help and I used a walker and a physical therapist. I was walking, you know, the day of, I was supposed to be on a cane in like two weeks. I was on a cane in five days. Nice. So, you know, and that was both knees and my hip on all three of them. <sighs> so, you know, I wholeheartedly believe that my vegan diet, taking the right herbs, taking the right herbal combinations, mm-hmm. are what contributed to my healing up so quickly, as well as contributed to the fact that, I mean, I'm I'm a healthy individual for my age. Right. The only issue that I've got is rheumatoid. Right. My cardiologist is a medically boring, <laughs> which is good. So well, that's, that's what we want. But you know, what herbs do you mind sharing? What herbs that you are taking, and are they mostly for fighting inflammation in the body? Is that what you're gearing them towards? I kind of do a regimen of different things. I eliminated wheat. Okay. So I have no wheat product whatsoever. So I am gluten-free. I do no corn right? because both of those are inflammatory agents, especially with rheumatoid or anything similar to rheumatoid. They're not even recognizable in terms of what they used to be to what they are today either. Yeah. 50 years ago, it's a different wheat than there is today. Correct. So, I mean, there's plenty of alternatives. Mm -hmm. Anybody can ask me what I feel of the last 25-year journey. What's best? Email me. I'll be happy to tell you. Okay. Because taste test, there's some stuff out there that tastes like cardboard. And (laughs) there's some stuff out there that you wouldn't know from the real thing. Yeah. Yes. So, but I eliminated wheat, dairy, peanuts, pretty much the top eight allergens for my diet. Eggs. uh, Including eggs. Yep. Occasionally I'll eat an egg, but in reality, I kind of stay away from eggs. Yeah. Because it's also, at times, it'll be inflammatory. It depends. If I do eat an egg, it's organic Mm -hmm. and they're farm-raised. Yeah. Cage-free. Yes. So 90% of the food that I ingest is all organic. Mm -hmm. I don't eat processed food whatsoever. I don't eat processed food out of cans. I don't, other than I have to correct myself there. I will eat some sustainably caught fish. Okay. uh, Tuna, excuse me. You know, if they're in a can, but... It's a BPA-free can and things like that. But, and it's, I don't think I said the right word, <laughs> sustainably. 
sustainably farmed, sustainably caught, sustainably really caught. It's wild. It's wild, wild tuna. Wild tuna. Yeah. <laughs> wild tuna. Yeah. So I kind of stay away from the majority of that. So once I manage with that part of the regimen, mm-hmm. each morning I have I make a smoothie. Okay. Kind of a juice, mm-hmm. and it's full of power greens, like. Minus a 32 ounce, mm-hmm. and it's two cups of power greens, three cups of power greens, mm-hmm. and it's cucumber and fruit and protein powders mm-hmm. and hemp powder mm-hmm. and turmeric mm-hmm. and ginger root. And that's about it in that one, I think. Oh, you're speaking my language. That's all. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. Okay. And then in the middle of the day, I'll have a juice that's like beet juice mm. and cucumber and celery, because those are all good for the food for the stomach and the gut health. And the gut health helps me because they're saying that rheumatoid arthritis also lives in the gut. They are now finding, and just to interject a little tidbit of information here, that inflammation is the number one leader to all disease, and it starts in the gut. So if our gut is inflamed, we're going to be inflamed everywhere else in the body. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yes. That's something I learned from Dr. Yang, or Fong, actually. Mm-hmm. He's the one, the first one that started me on that. Yeah. Oh, they're 100%. Now, you said earlier, and we're going to continue with your protocol here, mm-hmm. and we're going to, because I want to finish on that protocol, you said anybody who wants to know specific things from you, they can email you. And I want our audience to know that email is one more thing, B-Y-G at gmail.com. So... You're going to get flooded with emails now, <laughs> but it's one more thing. That's fine. And for the record, I'm not a doctor, so I'm <laughs> not going to give you right. medical advice of no. any type. I will give you my personal experience yes. over 25 years of research and practice. That's amen. That's all we can do. Okay, continue. We've got two juices that we've done now, our smoothies. Well, yeah, two smoothies, That the one in the morning and usually one in the evening. Sometimes I'll skip the one in the evening, but mm-hmm. most of the time not because the turmeric, actually I take about a thousand milligrams of turmeric a day. Mm-hmm. So it's 500 in the morning, 500 in the evening. If I'm having a slight flare because I still have the disease. Correct. It's not curable. It's just manageable. If I'm having a flare, I'll up that and do three three a day. Okay. But the beet juice and the celery and the greens that I do, those are also kind of heart healthy. So like I do a beet, celery, greens, mm-hmm. cucumber, mm-hmm. and a juice, an actual juice where I, I've got an extractor. Right. So I do those in the, like in the afternoon and sometimes in the early evening. Okay. And those are kind of heart healthy stuff. So it keeps that the way it's supposed to be and it keeps my gut healthy. Yes. And then the, aside from that would be the other herbs that I use are krill oil, K-R-I-L-L, and I take 2,000 milligrams of krill oil a day. Okay. And that's an anti-inflammatory. Okay. It's heart healthy. It actually attacks the rheumatoid. Nice. So it helps my joints stay healthy. Mm-hmm. It helps the pain keep away, and it keeps the inflammation down. Yeah. So through all of this, all of your injury, your surgeries, your recoveries, you've never taken pain medication, correct? Very rarely. I mean, even now, I the one of the herbs that I take is Boswellia. Boswellia is a natural anti-inflammatory, and it's similar to prednisone. Right. But it's a natural form of prednisone, so there's right. no side effect of it. Right. So when I was in the hospital the first time mm-hmm. and the second time and the third time, 
I actually, the first time, got in an argument with the chief surgeon of the hospital <laughs> because the nurses kept coming in trying to give me Vicodin, and I kept saying, I really don't need it. Thank you. So when I first woke up, I had to take one. And then I think uh, about noonish or something, I took one. And then I believe the second and the third surgery, by the time I left the hospital, I was on no Vicodin whatsoever. Yeah. And even while I was there, they were recommending two Vicodin every four hours. They were coming in with one every six or seven. Mm. So, and that was only for the first day. Mm-hmm. The second day I was down, I think, to two during the daytime. And then the third day, I wasn't on them at all. And when I came home, I didn't take Vicodin after that at all. So no narcotics whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my wife did give me acupuncture, so I, that needs to be known. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ahn taught my wife how to do acupuncture. Well, I think there's some very natural ways that we can support our body to fight that inflammation and, you know, support the pain without putting a narcotic in our system. Well, exactly. And Dr. Berghoff was my surgeon, mm-hmm. by the way, Robert Berghoff, fantastic orthopedic surgeon along with his staff. Clara, his physician's assistant, and I were discussing the fact that I had healed up so quickly because mm-hmm. I do follow up with her. And she attributed a lot of that to, number one, the vegan lifestyle. And number two, that I wasn't taking any narcotic. Mm. So typically, the people are on narcotics, it takes them longer to recover, longer for the rehabilitation mm-hmm. through it. So in my case, again, I, I was released. The first one was five weeks or six weeks. Second one was five weeks. Third one was five weeks. Nice. Early. Yes. From rehabilitation. Yeah. And that alone is so inspiring to be able to know that, you know, there's things that we can do to support. So as we come to, you know, wrap up here, tell us, I want to get into kind of our mindset. We've been talking about the things that we do as a protocol and we've got an email out there, but mentally, because I believe that to live a toxin-free lifestyle, there's five pillars and mental is one of them. What did you do to support yourself mentally? Because a lot of this stuff had to have been devastating. We talked about the anger that you went through, but can you give us, you know, some of the tips, maybe the top three things that were just beneficial for you? I would say that if you're in this position or any other position, and actually just from day-to-day stress, Mm -hmm. I would learn meditation. Mm. Meditation is extremely beneficial. It helps you to focus. It helps you to relax. You can lower your heart rate. You can lower your blood pressure. You can get peace of mind. If you start stressing out, meditation is key. And you can do it for a minute a day in any situation. You can do it for 30 minutes a day if you have time. But meditation's a key factor. Okay. So that's the first thing that I would recommend. Second thing is, is that don't necessarily take the first answer because there's always another answer. There's another way. If somebody tells you, I want to be careful with this. <laughs> if you are told that you can't, okay, you need to look deep inside yourself, in your mind, in your heart, your body, and your soul, and say that I can. And you need to have the self-confidence and the ability within yourself to be able to confirm that you have the ability to change your life for a positive way in many aspects of it. Right. And then third, I would say persevere. Mm -hmm. You need to stick with it. You need to say you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Mm -hmm. Not everything is going to disappear all at once. 
And even if you started this new protocol, if you start out as a vegan mm -hmm. and you still want to try vegan or vegetarian, take it steps at a time. If you want to try herbal remedies, it's steps at a time mm -hmm. that you have to have patience, that it will take time and the time that you need for your body to understand the new thing that it's putting into or the way it's changing and accept it. Absolutely. Oh, my word. That's such great advice because I think so many times we feel like we want that instant answer, that instant gratification, that instant solution. And, you know, our bodies did not get to where we are today overnight, and they're not going to heal themselves overnight either, that we have to be patient and we have to know just to keep putting one foot in front of the other, that it is worth it. Well, absolutely. People, you need to understand that in today's lifestyle, everybody wants instant. <laughs> it's instant everything. Mm -hmm. I want it to happen now. I want the pain to go away now. Right. I want this to be able to go away now. Mm -hmm. Well, in some instances, you can't do that. So what they get used to is taking a pill because right. the pill takes it away right. now. Right. But the long-term effects are too detrimental to your system in order for you to stay healthy and continue to stay healthy. Right. So just have patience. Right. Let's not put a Band-Aid on it. Exactly. It's a long-term maintenance program and it's your body. You'll love it in the long run. Yes. Yes, absolutely. What a great way to end this episode with is that positive affirmations. I love it. Now, you can connect with Michael at One More Thing, BYG, stands for One More Thing Before You Go, but it's One More Thing, BYG at gmail.com. Please make sure if you would like to connect with him, you do so. Also, check out his podcast. It is really inspirational. It's called beforeyougopodcast.com is his website and you can connect into the podcast there. It's really great stories. I enjoyed being a part of that. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would just like to say thank you very much for having me here. I appreciate the forum to be able to tell people that you do have hope. Yes. I was told by five different doctors I would never walk again. I walked two, three miles a day. I'm no longer in a wheelchair. My health is on a very positive track. I think you need to love yourself, know that you can do it, and always push forward in life. The first step to failure is the one you never take. That's powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one -on -one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.